talking about the parable of the sower, the seed, and the soil. The parable of the sower, the seed, and the soil. So if you got your Bibles, please turn them to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 all the way to verses 20, but I'm going to be going kind of verse by verse, kind of going down there. Well, since I realized, you know, insulting about at least half of your crowd here tonight, can I get a rate? How many of you guys are retired in here? I want to see how many of you guys are in here that retired. Oh, man. I've realized that insulting about 75% of your church is probably not the best thing to do. So to make up for it, I got some uh, millennial jokes that you guys can tell us uh, millennials. So I got some millennial jokes to start off for us here tonight. Christmas season is done, but I thought that this one was just too good to pass up. Okay, so why doesn't Santa have any millennial elves? Because there are already enough snowflakes in the North Pole. <laughs> These ones are good Mr. Larson jokes, especially. I hear, you, I hear you laughing back there. All right, why do millennials always type in lowercase? Because they reject capitalism. (laughs) I mean, it's not wrong. Most of them do. All right. How many millennials does it take to screw in a light bulb? This is a good old classic one. How many millennials does it take to screw in a light bulb? One. They hold the light bulb while the world revolves around them. (laughs) And this one's probably my favorite one. I like this one the best. What is the difference between a millennial and a large pizza? I thought that was weird. What's the difference between a millennial and a large pizza? A large pizza can feed a family of four. (laughs) I found some good uh, old retired people uh, jokes, but uh, I'm not going to give those tonight. That's uh, probably a bad idea. I'll save those for the youth group. I figured out that's, a, that's probably the better way to do it. <laughs> All righty. Well, tonight I'm going to start off with a little illustration. An elderly man, an elderly pastor who had had some serious hearing problems for quite some years. Um, his family was getting on him like, hey, you need to get hearing aids. You can't, I'm not, this isn't directed at pastor in any way. Not so, <laughs> in any way whatsoever. So as he was getting older, he was losing his hearing, and and a typical guy, you know, they don't want to go out there and get a hearing aid. But finally, he gave in, and he finally got fitted for some hearing aids. But the only thing was, he had never told his family that he got those hearing aids. So he had it for about a month, and then he goes back into the doctor, the ear doctor, and has another checkup. And the doctor asks him, hey, how does your family like that you have hearing aids? He said, I've never told him. He said, but one thing I did is I've changed my will three times already. (laughs) You see, it's amazing what life is like if you just pay attention, if you just listen. See, tonight I'm going to be talking about us, as a majority of us in here, I believe, are Christians, about us listening and heeding to the word of God. Listening and heeding to the word of God. Let's pray. 
Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for this night. Thank you for giving me another opportunity to preach your word. I pray that you would just be with me. Uh, give me the words to say. Empty me of myself and fill me with your spirit, Lord. Help me to not say anything that I shouldn't say, but to just give out the words that you would have me give these people here tonight. I pray that it would fall on good ground here tonight and that they can learn something and know a little bit more about you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about the parable found in Mark chapter 4. Like I said, I'm going to be going down verse by verse and kind of talking through every verse. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude. So he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. So Jesus had come into this town. It was by the Sea of Galilee there in Palestine. So as he got to that land, lots of people heard that Jesus was coming and that he was going to teach. He was going to preach and give a sermon. And as he did that, he realized that the crowd was way too big for one man to be able to speak to. And so Jesus, being a wise man, he decided that he looked at kind of the landscape and he saw that back in the background there in Palestine, uh, Sea of Galilee, where he was at, he noticed that there was some, some mountains there in the background. And he figured if he got in a ship and he was to go out a little ways, that he could be able to speak to all those people. And so many uh, people who go over there to the Sea of Galilee, lots of uh, tourist places will take you to the place where they believe that Jesus preached and gave this parable. And they said it's unbelievable how it really just makes a natural amphitheater, how the, how the voice bounces off the water and it bounces off the mountains and how you can actually hear so much better than you could if he was on land. So Jesus was a wise teacher. He was a wise man. And he realized that, hey, all of these people aren't going to be able to hear me unless I get out on land. So he goes out there in the Sea of Galilee as it kind of makes that natural amphitheater. It says in Mark chapter 4, verse 2, it says, uh, And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. So a parable, as many of you guys know, a parable is simply an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. See, Jesus was a master teacher. He knew that if the common folk was going to be able to understand things that are so deep and so complex, he's going to have to teach them in simple terms. Because what's the point of having the greatest story that you could ever give anyone and nobody can understand it? See, Jesus was a master in making the complex things simple. So many times he used these parables, things that people could understand, people could comprehend as he was teaching. And continuing on in verse 3, it says, Behold, there went out a sower to sow. Now the sower here in this verse is just anyone who simply gives out the gospel. Anyone who gives out Bible truths to somebody else, that is who the sower is. You see, at this time in our life, every single day, we are either sowing out the word of God or we should be receiving the word of God. We are either the sower that's giving out the word of God or, either, or, or we're the soil that's receiving the word of God. Tonight in particular, I'm going to be focusing on the soil, how we 
are the soil. And the thing, the question that I want to ask you here tonight is what kind of soil are you? What kind of soil are you? You see, the first soil that Jesus talks about is found in Mark chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. You see, in Palestine, many of the crops were laid out exactly like they are today. If you were to go to a, a, a city, a town that has lots of farm, I mean, here in Florida, we got lots of oranges. If you were to go to an orange farm or a corn farm or wherever it may be, you'll notice that they have long rows of corn, long rows of oranges, and they have a small little path in between there so that naturally the farmer or, or the donkey or a horse could be able to go through one side of the farm to the other. And the thing about that is when he's talking about the hard soil, it comes, when, when the birds came down to, to get that seed that was on the hard soil, what that meant was that was that soil that was compact. So if, if a farmer and his, and his horse was to walk back and forth, back and forth on this same path, it would compact. It'd be really compact. And because of that, as the farmer went out to sow the seeds, as he went to throw out the seeds, it wouldn't be able to actually embed into the dirt. And so naturally, just how life goes, you know, the birds came up and it took care of those. Right away, instantly, the birds came down. Hundreds of birds probably came down and devoured that seed before it even had a chance to grow. You see, I kind of think of this, I give this illustration to the teenagers. You know what? I think of this as like you sitting at McDonald's. And if you're at McDonald's, you're going to have fries. I mean, of course, who doesn't have fries? That's the best thing at McDonald's is the fries. So you get yourself a big old large fry. And as you're eating that greasy goodness, let's just, I mean, it's 2020, you're outside, it's closed, it's COVID, it's closed down. So you're sitting outside. This just happened not too long ago. Uh, Pastor Chris and I were sitting outside there with our large fries. And as we were eating those fries, we dropped a couple every once in a while, and all of a sudden, a bird swooped down and would grab that fry as, like, before it even hit the ground. It was unbelievable. Um, the fastest bird known to man is, is a falcon, is a particular type of falcon. And, in and it talks about how the fastest recorded speed for that falcon is 240, about 240 miles per hour. That's insane. That's crazy fast. It's unbelievable. The only thing is, I don't, I don't think those scientists went to McDonald's and checked out how fast those birds are, man. I think those birds at McDonald's are a little bit faster at picking up those McDonald's fries than those falcons are. I don't know, but I, if I was them, I'd go check. But they are so fast. They catch that French fry before it hits the ground. And those birds ate that seed before it was able to grow. So that was the first soil. It was the hard soil. The second soil that he talked about was the rocky soil. At verses five through six, it says, And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. You see, the second soil was this rocky soil. Uh, now, a farmer, 
a farmer was smart. He's not going to sit there and, and throw his seeds, his good precious seeds, into just a bed of rocks. But what is interesting is, is in Palestine, where they were at in particular, it says that there was about, in some places, there was about three to four inches of soil on top of solid lime rock that was there. It was a lime rock bed right there. And so what Jesus was talking about is some of this seed landed on that soil and it grew really fast because as soon as the sun would heat up that, as soon as the sun would heat up that seed, it would grow really fast, but then it would wither away and it would be gone, it would be useless. It'd grow really fast and then it would wither away. So that was a rocky soil. And then he talked about the thorny soil in verse uh, seven, it says, and some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no fruit. If you guys have grown anything, you know that weeds are terrible, awful things. They're terrible. They grow. You don't have to do anything to weeds. They pop up out of nowhere. They're there and they're going to just take over your garden if you don't take care of them. And so the thorny ground, the same exact thing would happen as he would throw out those seeds. It would grow for a little while until it would be taken over by those thorns, until it was taken over by those weeds. And fourth and finally, Jesus talks about that good soil. And in verse eight, it says, and other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100. You see, this was a soil that every seed dreamed to be thrown on. They wanted to be thrown on that good soil. If they were thrown on that good soil, it can have a good, long, happy, prosperous life. It could bring forth fruits just exactly like it was intended. But you see, not all the time does that seed land on good ground. Sometimes it lands on thorny ground. Sometimes it lands on the rocky ground there. And Jesus had a point in this message, a point in this parable. But what is kind of weird is that he kind of leaves the parable, the interpretation up to the hearers. He kind of almost ended the message kind of on a cliffhanger. It's kind of like in vacation Bible school where you want to have the kids come back. So every single night, the missionary story always has to end off with like the missionary, like almost dying. And that's like, come back tomorrow night and you'll find out what happens to our missionary tomorrow night. And so he kind of left the, the he kind of left that parable on a cliffhanger, kind of just leaving the interpretation up to the people. And, and naturally, lots of these people had questions. And after he got done with that parable, after he was done with that message, many of them came up to him and asked him some questions. And, and, and the disciples in particular, Mark chapter four, verse nine, this is where he ends it kind of on a cliffhanger. And he said unto them in verse nine, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He ended it right there. There was no explanation of what the whole point of this sermon was. There's no explanation of what the seeds he was talking about. Nobody really understood or not very many people understood. And it says in verse 10, and when he was alone, they were about him with the 12 asked of him the parable. 
So these people are curious, what does this message mean? What was the whole point behind this sermon? And this is where Jesus goes back through his message and he explains exactly what each and every different particular soil, what exactly that meant. So in starting in verse 11, it says, And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Uh, So he's explaining to them, hey, the reason why I gave this in parables was so that uh, the unsaved people, so that people who weren't necessarily around Jesus Christ, who didn't really know him all that well, could understand what he was talking about. That talks about, that is why I speak in parables. And it says, all these things are done in parables. And it says that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. So some of them aren't going to understand. Some of them aren't going to see the points. And it says, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? It's kind of like, you don't understand this parable. You're not understanding what I'm trying to talk about, what I'm trying to explain to you all. You see, I think he's talking about in particular here is, some people, they want to know some crazy, outrageous truths. The only way they say they'll believe in Jesus Christ is they almost mock him and say, you know what, Jesus, I want to see you face to face. That is the only way I'm going to believe the truth. That's what some people say. But God says, hey, believe the truth that I have given you first. You can't expect to understand some some crazy complex things if you aren't simply reading his word, reading those stuff that he has given us, those simple truths that he has given us. You see, understanding and believing in those simple truths rather than trying to understand the complex. So Jesus says, hey, understand this simple truth, know that, and then I will give you more. And this is where he begins to explain exactly what that parable was. And starting in verse 14, it says, the sower soweth the word. So the sower is simply a person who shares the Bible, who gives the good news of Jesus Christ out to others. That should be all of us in this room here tonight. We should all be sowers of the word of Jesus Christ. And what was interesting about him and interesting, and if any of you guys have done any gardening, man, when you garden, you're throwing out as much seed as you can. You're not going seed by seed and planting it seed by seed. No, you're tossing out as much as you can. Yes, you know that some of that is going to land on rocky soil. You know that some of that isn't going to grow like it should, but you know the more that you sow, the more chances is that people will accept what you're giving out. The same exact thing is with us when we witness. When we witness, when we go out on door to door, and not every door to door that we go on is going to see people saved, but you know what? We sowed the word. We gave out the word. If we didn't go, no seed would be planted. And there'd be no chance of seeing growth. 
You see, the sower sows as much as he can. And that's what we should do tonight. I mean, we should be giving out, throwing out seeds like liberally, just exactly like the government does with our money. Tossing it out there, throwing out as much as we can, just tossing it out, tossing it out, giving it out, giving it out. That's what we should do with the Bible. Give it out, sow it out. The more we sow, the more chances we have to reap. So sowing the word liberally, that's what Jesus Christ says, and the sower soweth the word. In verse 15, it says, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that is sown in their hearts. See, he's talking about the the hard soil here. Those people who have a hard heart towards the things of God. Now, many of us think of this as, you know, the unsaved people. But that's not necessarily true because if we're being honest with ourselves, there are times when my heart is hardened towards the thing of God. You know, it happens to all of us. None of us are perfect. Sometimes we live in our flesh and our heart is hardened towards the things of God. You see, this is like when you're in a service and I mean, we're all Baptists here. So as that service, you know, you're checking your watch, it's getting close to noon time, man. We got to beat that other church out so we can get to the buffet before they do. And so we're being distracted. And as that seed, as that word is being thrown out to us, we're that hard soil that gets distracted and doesn't let it soak in and we can't grow. Or it's as a seed is being thrown out and you know, you're sitting there daydreaming, you're thinking about, what your future wife may look like. Oh, sorry. Um, and so you're thinking about what your future wife may look like. And uh, as you do that, the seed is being sown. And yet your heart, your heart is hardened. There's no chance for growth. That seed The devil has already picked that from your heart. There's no chance that you can get that back. It's gone. There's no opportunity to get that back. Your your heart was hardened and it's gone. Satan already snatched that away. And that happens to, to a lot of us. I mean, especially at camp, almost every single year at camp, you know, you think that you should go down the aisle and it's not necessarily true every time, but lots of times there's opportunities that you had to get something right in your life. And as soon... As the music plays, you don't go down. You're kind of hard. You kind of don't go down, don't don't go down. And all of a sudden the music plays and you're dismissed. And then that seed that was there was snatched away. And that was your chance. That was your opportunity. And it never comes back. That happens to us. So how about you here tonight? Is your heart hardened towards the things of God? Whether it's listening to preaching whether it's reading your word, reading the Bible, hey, don't let your heart be hardened towards the thing of God. He continues on talking about the rocky soil in verses 16 through 17. It says, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately received it with gladness and have no root in themselves. And so endure for but a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately 
they are offended. You see, what is your faith like in the midst of persecution? You see, it's really easy to be a Sunday morning Christian, being a Sunday Christian. But what is your faith like on Monday? It almost seems like Christianity nowadays, especially, is almost a fad. It almost seems like lots of of movie stars, rap stars. I mean, you got athletes all over the place. After the end of their game, they lots of them say, you know what, I want to just give the glory to God, which is great and all, but at the same time, if you look at their lives, many times it doesn't match up to what a Christian should be like. You see, many of them are convenience Christians. They're only Christians when it's convenient for them. Yet when the Bible says that they need to change their life, to change their lifestyle, then they kind of back away from it and don't want anything to do with it. You see, they want all the convenience of Christianity. They want to go to heaven one day, but they don't want to change their lifestyle. They don't want to change the way that they live. You see, many of those people that are like that, they're just like that seed that lands on the stony ground. It grows up really fast. It seems great. It seems awesome. It seems fantastic. But all of a sudden, it withers away and it's gone. Because they were just in Christianity for the convenience. Is our heart like that sometimes? I, I know it is. I know my heart is like that sometimes. When, you know, we get really excited about the things of God. And yet, when it comes to telling somebody else about Jesus, we kind of let it slip by us. We let it pass by us. When we face a little bit of persecution, when we face some some fight back against the gospel, then we kind of just cower away and we go away and we kind of let our Christianity wither up. Is your heart like that that's on the stony ground? The next soil that Jesus talks about is that thorny soil. Mark chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, it says, And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in. Choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. You see, Jesus warns us about three particular things in this verse that will keep people away from God. First of all, he talks about the cares of this world. You see, we let other things take the place of God. God is no longer number one, but he's number three, four, five, six. He's somewhere down on the list. You see, we let the cares of this world take over our relationship with Jesus Christ. The second thing that he talks about is the riches of this world. This in many times goes with the first one as well. We let riches, we let fame or popularity or whatever it may be take place of God. We realize that if we are a Christian, we're going to have to go to to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And man, that's that's a lot of time. You know how much money I could be making in that amount of time? You start thinking those things and many people will let the riches of this world take place of their relationship with Jesus Christ. The third and final thing that he talks about in that verse is the lusts of this world. They let just anything and everything, anything that they can to keep them away from God, they'll let the lusts of the world draw them away from Jesus Christ. You see, all that's pretty depressing. And I think many times we can see ourselves in those soils, but 
you know what? Jesus Christ ends off with the good soil. And just end it there, but he talks about as the as he gets down to the last soil, he talks about how that is a soil that would bring forth some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. That's found in verse 20. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. You see, that's the soil that we need to be. We need to be that good ground that's always looking to soak in as somebody's spreading the word of God to us, whether it's in conversation, whether it's at church, whether it's reading your Bible, as the word of God is being sown, as the word of God is being, so, is being thrown out, we need to be able to soak that up as good soil and reaping the benefits, growing spiritually. Now notice how he talks about, you know, some of it's gonna bring forth 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Sometimes in my life, it's a 30-fold it's a day. As I'm reading the scriptures, you know what? I don't feel like I'm getting a whole lot, but I am getting some. Sometimes it's a 30-fold day, but some days it's gonna be a 100-fold day. Man, when I open up my scriptures and I grow spiritually, I grow a lot. I learn something more about Jesus Christ that day and it's consistent. There's that consistency. Sometimes it's not always gonna be a hundredfold day, but it might be a 30-fold day. That's more than you would have had if your heart was hardened towards the things of God. It might be a 60-fold day, or it might even be a hundred-fold day. You see, everyone in this room here tonight, your heart is either going to be hardened towards the things of God, as a, as a seed of the word of God is being thrown out, it's just gonna bounce off. The birds are gonna snatch it up before it can even hit the ground. Before you even give yourself an opportunity to grow spiritually, Satan has already come by with his demons and he's already snatched the word from you and you're not even gonna allow him to change your life. Now, some of you are going to be like the seas that landed on that hard, on that rocky soil. You know, it goes down into the ground and it's, but there's that limestone there and, and it grows, it sprouts really quickly. That convenience Christianity, it grows really quickly. You, you, like Christ, you like being a Christian when it's convenient, but as soon as a persecution comes, it withers away. Is that you here tonight? There's the other one that's on a thorny soil that it springs up and it seems like it's growing really well, but then sooner or later they let the riches of this world, the lusts of this world, Whatever it may be in this world, they let something take place of their relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus kind of goes down the line. And lots of times that's like the weeds. Lots of times it's like the thorns. It's going to take some time, but sooner or later, that seed is going to wither away. That plant will wither away. And I hope and I pray that many of us in here tonight are that good soil that no matter what day it may be, whether it's a 30-fold day, whether it's a 60-fold day, or whether it's a 100-fold day, we are always constantly and consistently in the word of God, looking to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So tonight, what kind of soil are you? Let's pray. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, 
or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.